I'm Andrew Kearns. I'm a photographer and filmmaker. I currently live in, uh, I live near Seattle, Washington. I live in Everett and I've been doing it, I've been shooting since 2012 and doing it like full time freelance for work since 20, beginning of 2015. I did freelance for like five straight years and then recently back in November 2019 or not November, freaking September 2019, I started working for Moment, which has been a really fun and like amazing learning experience as well as just it's like nice to have steady income for once yeah Uh, and then yeah so that's kind of what I'm up to now and in the midst of that I'm still trying to um I ran a YouTube channel started it back in 2016 and went pretty hard for like two years and kind of took a few years off and getting back into it again and just figuring that out but yeah I I feel like most of my time right now is spent in Adobe Premiere and I enjoy it like I, I do enjoy the editing and the crafting of that side of things so that's kind of what I do. Yeah. And uh, you you did the podcast with Corey, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, okay. I thought this was <laughs> one. Yeah. I couldn't remember the I couldn't remember if it was this Yeah. You, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyways. So that's why well, what's kind of funny is you I mean, not to like fanboy out, but like Go I it. literally <laughs> went to the Iceland vlogs and then was like, damn, like made it my life's mission to like want to go to Iceland after watching those. Nice. And and coming from PNW and then kind of just seeing everything from Seattle to Portland. And then um, actually have a cousin in Portland. I ended up moving to Portland (laughs) because of all of that. And then right now I'm back in California, but I'm moving back to Portland um, at the end of this summer. And so, yeah, if you're in town, let me know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like I'm in Portland every other month, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of getting into it. I figured the first thing is obviously the workshop with Alex. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who is it for? What does learning from workshops differ from like a classroom, university setting, and how long did it take to make that? Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I appreciate you asking, like, you've done your research. You're not just like, (laughs) you're not reaching out to someone with a following, which I appreciate. Um, Yeah, I was like, I loved how in-depth you went with Corey. It was like, have you ever seen Hot Ones? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, like. (laughs) Yeah, like, Sean Evans, like, he just, like, takes out, like, these random-ass comments from, like, ages ago, and they're like, how the hell did you know this? So I was like, Corey, I felt like that was, like, you and Corey when you were going into it. I loved it. Yeah, dude, I I look up to Corey so much just for how he lives his life. So great. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the workshop. So I, back, right when I started for Moment, I went out with Strollworks, um, Alex Stroll, and it's his company. And they make online workshops focused on photography. Um, And so I was like the fourth or fifth one he's done in collaboration with someone else. So basically, it's pretty much just documenting how I I shoot. I like literally started working for Moment. It was like there for two weeks and then did like a week of shooting this whole thing here in Washington. And actually, funny enough, we filmed in a studio that I now work in. So it's funny how all that happens. But it's the one I'm talking to you in right now like it's a friend of mine studio hey. that yeah anyways um moving up yeah it's a <laughs> studio like i i don't know if i'll ever be able to work at my house ever again like having the studio is a freaking godsend um i get so much done right. anyways the workshop <laughs> um uh, feel free to go on as many tangents as you like um yeah but basically stroll hit me up ages ago before this to like do it apparently 
he asked his audience, hey, who do you want to see a workshop? And I was a name amongst many other like heroes of mine, which I was just super grateful for. Um, and Stroll's been a friend for a while. So like I always look forward to being with him and and like we just like laugh the whole time we're together. Like I feel like we get each other's humor really well. Um, so I was just stoked for that whole process. So yeah, we we went out to I guess to sum it all up, we it was focused on shooting for brands and yeah. and that whole process. It starts at the beginning when you like reach out to brands and how I use PDFs and whatnot yeah. to reach out to them as well as like crafting an email, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how to approach agencies and like the difference between the PDFs I'm making. And then it goes into, okay, like they said, yes, now what are we going to like, let's plan this shoot out. Like let's, excuse me, let's do a little like pre-production and how I go about that. And it goes everything from like drawing really shitty drawings in my journal of just frames I want to get, or I'll, I've actually since upgraded to the iPad. So um you'll see like my scrappy drawings on there that uh, just like ideas and how i plan them out um because i think it's important to like kind of 40 to 50 percent plan like in life but also with your shoots like like have a framework like a 40 to 60 percent and then just like let the other remaining be for spontaneity like i yeah. feel like that's a great philosophy for photography and your shoots as well as for life so yeah, we went out and executed the. Uh, we actually involved the brand Polante Pax is who that is. We involved them. We went out and shot the whole entire client shoot out in um, the Washington coast, which was super fun. We hit a great weather patch, so it all it worked out great. <laughs> and then yeah, we came back to the studio I'm currently sitting in right now. Did my talking points on how I how I edit and all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's been it was a really fun process. I love the education side of things. And especially after doing that, like it sparked something in me that I, I just really wanted to be doing. And um, so I really enjoy giving that value out there. And the fact that it can also provide a paycheck has been really eye opening, I guess is the yeah. best way to say it. But it's also been very fulfilling. Like you can have something that you make and be like, Oh, I hope I hope people like this. Like, I, I really enjoy that this is made like this but I, I hope it gets good reviews and when those good reviews start rolling in it's just like shit like i just that's awesome like that that's what yeah. that's what's really cool and it's cool to see income come from value and like okay well how can i continue to do that and so that's what the stroll works workshop was really has really showed me so i've been trying to do that stuff on youtube as well as i run a patreon as well where i like throw editing sessions up there and and yeah. answer questions i, I kind of stopped it for a while and now i'm rerunning it again and revamping some things adding some more things to it figuring out what i want it to be but um at the end of the day i just love that education side of things and i feel like that really the stroll works workshop was pretty much no like all blankets lifted like just seeing everything you know so it was it was a really fun process really hard at first but like it was such a good learning experience so yeah in terms of how people approach this because i know a lot of people are like well I may have the technical skills, but not the portfolio to reach out to brands at this point, yeah. or I have the portfolio and I just need to figure out um, like how to reach out to brands. Uh, who do you think this is mainly meant for in terms of like where they're at photographically? Yeah, I think, um, I think at the very start, and I kind of talk about this a bit at the end of the workshop is it's important to know what you want to be doing before you start creating portfolio type work. Um, and obviously, you know, every now and then as you continue forward in your career, career uh, step back and 
like observe things, see where you're going, see where your motivations and your values are going and if they're aligning. Um, so I guess to answer your question, it's for, it's for the people who have a general idea of what they really love shooting and to narrow down more specifically on that and then turn that into client work. Um, so for me, it's like, I, I love photographing people and I love photographing outside, but more specifically, I love photographing my friends and the people in my life experiencing the outdoors, not just like portrait sessions necessarily, not just like, um, yeah, not necessarily just portrait sessions. I really enjoy that, but I, in the long run, I want to be doing like, you can kind of think of it maybe as, um, um, travel boards or something like that. Like those are the kind of clients I want to do work for. Cause it's like, oh, they are, they're focusing on people's experience outside and yeah. or for their, for their region per se. And yeah. that's what I love shooting. So it's like, okay, I kind of have an idea. I kind of have like railroad tracks I can follow, but also I just need to like every, every now and then just kind of step back and be like, okay, like is, am I still going the right way? You know? And, um, so yeah, for the people who are just getting like, who know what they like to shoot, um, but are trying to narrow down more specifically and understand how to find that, to get, change that specificity into what kind of clients to reach out for. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to do like indoor studio work all the time. It's kind of fun, yeah. but it's like, I know in five years, I don't want to be in the studio every day doing that. So it's like, yeah, yeah you kind of just got to examine those ideas and motivations. So. Um, you've done so much in photography to the point where like the question of growth kind of comes into place. Like you've traveled, shot professionally, made a photo book, now made a workshop. What is there left to do? Like, have you ever thought about making a personal project for like a gallery showing in Seattle or Portland? Yeah, I definitely have. I was trying to do it with the book release, but, um, it was just like a funny time in life that I just couldn't really make it happen. But I mean, in regards to what's next, like, I think it kind of comes back to that YouTube idea because it's how have you ever watched uh, Sean Tucker's videos? Yeah, I follow him avidly. (laughs) He's a legend. Like, he's so good. But I feel like he is doing that really well. It's like uh, or he kind of exemplifies like what I want to try to be doing next. And like, I have ideas in my head of what I want to be doing. It's just a matter of finding the time and process of it and whatnot. But it's, it's just like. I love how he is just giving value out there on YouTube and yeah. how like I met him when I was in um, oh, Europe no last year. So yeah, cool. he's so cool. We sat down for coffee and what? and and like I he's older, so he just has a lot more yeah. wisdom, you know, than most. And so it was like really cool to talk to him. And basically, I mean, he just he just has a good philosophy on life. He's like, yeah, I make two photo books a year and I have like random little shoots here and there. And I and that's that keeps me able to do this and i'm like that's really cool like he's not he's not trying to go for like the biggest clients like i'm sure he would be stoked on that but it's not like his motives like his motives are just very pure of just like i want to bring value to people and i want to be able to pay my bills and just have a little more left over to like do xyz and i think he does a really good job of that he's super talented and he has a great like you can throw him in any situation and he shoots it really well um so i want to try to figure out like bringing that message across to youtube of, of just like um bringing my personality into kind of like how he's like into providing value like he has you know and so yeah it's it's a long hard idea to explain but i like and it's like i don't even know if i know exactly what that means yet but it's it is fun to like kind of 
dream yeah. about these ideas and talk to people and figure out how to make them happen. So I guess that's the kind of the next big thing that I'm trying to do. Um, but it's like a weird thing because it's not really such a, it's not like, a, oh, here's my book. It's done. It's like, there's really nothing. This, this whole yeah. I, you, idea is like never has a done phase. So it's like, you better enjoy the process, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that's just something he reiterates all the time is like, make sure you're enjoying the process, not for the destination, just because you're going to be grinding so hard for the next 10, 15 years before you see a cent of it, like yeah, paint off. I think that's a really good mentality to have is just like, if you're not enjoying the process, then like, why are you actually doing it? And then, then usually it's because you are dreaming of the outcome and if you're dreaming of the outcome you're not living in the now enjoying the process you're just trying to grind it out to get that outcome but then if you actually really evaluate it it's like okay what's that outcome gonna bring if it's yeah. just bringing money it doesn't mean happiness <laughs> like yeah for real like i definitely have learned those lessons before so um, trying, so, trying to dodge now yeah um i was actually curious so like you've had the consistent style of lifestyle photography landscape photography and it's kind of all come together as like one style in itself uh do you ever see yourself making anything different for the sake of experimenting or are you solid and set on doing like lifestyle photography um different as in like more conceptual or studio or something or yeah other. yeah i i think i would like to at some point i don't know if i would like go hard at it um but like working in this studio so spencer the guy who works next to me is like our photo styles are complete opposites like mine is just like or his is like so controlled you have like lights bounces going like windows blacked out like everything is controlled about it and mine is just yeah. like a freaking forest fire like it just is <laughs> like it just hey. it just is yeah, and, and like both work, like you know, like yeah. both, like, and that, that's kind of the fun part about like working alongside, um, working next to him because it's just like he knows everything about lighting, and so I'll just like kind of watch him in studio set stuff up, and at the end of the day, it's like I don't know, the the one I was always kind of intimidated by lighting, but at the end of the day, he's just like shitty rigging stuff all over and like making it work and adjusting stuff as needed, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I have I don't really think I have a desire for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of yeah. I feel like that's where you get stuck in the technical sometimes yeah. if you're not like super familiar in it. Exactly. Uh, I think but, though like, I would like to do that. I, I would like to learn how to do that well and not do product photography with it because I, I just like God. that does not interest me at all. Oh like, my god. Studio <laughs> product photography, I'm like hard. Oh, no. no. Well, like, I would love to try to do that with like portraits and like just kind of have fun with that kind of yeah. lifestyle, um, like more conceptual type stuff. Cause at the end of the day, I really love creating. Like that's, I, I have too many ideas and not enough time and I really want to implement everything I can in the time ha I have here. So I, I guess to answer your question, yeah, I would like to try different things, but probably not go um, yeah. full force. I would just like to learn. I was yeah. learning from a guy, uh, Carl Taylor. Who's like a UK? I think he's UK based. I'm okay. not exactly sure, but just like a YouTube guy. Um, well, he's YouTube, but he's a professional photographer who actually like mainly does like commercial shoots in the studio, and it ranges from portraits to um, to products to food. But he like nice. makes sure he excels at all of them, 
And That's so cool. he just offers tutorials on specific things like, oh, this if you want to do fashion photography, headshot photography, blah, blah, like it. But that's just cool. someone to check out if you want to maybe get name? Carl Taylor. Okay, I'm just going to bring up a Google thing real quick and save that for later. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, yeah, I was taking his like online like subscription course where he just kind of offers all of them at once. But for me, it was just kind of like overwhelming to a point where it's just like this is so much to take in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you could just follow no. his YouTube stuff and you're good. <laughs> yeah, I've been. Um... I recently got Masterclass because um, they they got me with yeah. an ad. They really did, and it was the uh, the one about economics. And oh, okay. like, there's so much to know, and it's just like yeah, I, all, it with all the shit that's going on right now with economics and the virus. I'm like, uh, he brought up such a great point in the ad. It's like, well, it's a complex world, but why not try to understand it? I'm like, yo, like I can't argue against that. Like, <laughs> like, like <Yeah>. you got <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. So, um. uh, yeah. So I know what you mean by like just under like there's so much to know and but at the end of the day it is goes back to that process like i'm it, i'm enjoying like just sitting listening to this guy talk about economics because it's just like i'm learning something you know and i think yeah at the end of the day like i mean when people ask the question what's the meaning of life like i've always just said it as i think it is to learn because it's like i am always thriving when i'm learning and like i'm yep. always having fun when i'm learning when i'm enjoying that process like as cheesy as it sounds like it's so true so um yeah. i mean you're talking to someone who's trying to be like a professor workshop person so i totally understand yeah it, it's really cool yeah and that's like the one thing i'm very thankful for having had had this time at moment so far is like i like i've been i know how to do video editing like that's my thing but i've gotten so much better at it but in the midst of that i'm like reading all these like slack messages about this analytic and that analytic and right. this how they're making what material they're using for a backpack and like what it's about and i'm just like this is like i'm learning so much every day there yeah. and it's like i i forgot how much i love learning until i actually started working there and and it's just like that's all i want to do and I, I feel like that is such the meaning of life is just learn because it's like why not <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. And it's the, the internet today too it's like if there's anything you want it's probably free and if it's not there's probably a workshop on it like yeah and, it, no, and it's worth true. every penny so how i said like it's gonna kind of like interchange between sure. photography and for the homies have been following you hey it's, it's, um, the, it's that 40 to 60 percent plan and just let the rest for spontaneity yeah yeah that's, that's pretty much how this rolls <laughs> that's that's how i roll too so we're hey. good <laughs> Um, so Iceland and Alaska hold prominence yeah. as significant places for you. What's next? Because you've been to Scotland, and if you could go back to one of those three, what which one would it be and why? I would go to Alaska because I have friends there, um, and I really want to go to Iceland and just backpack there because it's really good for that. Okay. Um, and it's also because there's like pretty. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure there's no animal danger. It's just like a bunch of sheep. Oh. It's like, like, <laughs> like that's about it. Um, but and so like I think it'd be really cool to solo backpack there. Like you're not gonna okay. run into bears for sure. There might be deer. I don't know, but it's just like I, I really want to try. Like low key, one of my fears in a video I want to make eventually is like solo backpacking, and it's just like something I just want to get over and just do. Yeah, and just be like, all right, I'm going to this fucking forest by myself. Like, yep maybe this will be uploaded if i don't die like that's my first thought yep. it's just like it's just like it's so irrational i've done i've done backpacking with friends tons of times and yeah. it's just like i totally be fine by myself so anyways iceland would be cool to do that in um but then 
yeah, I think I really want to go. I I've been to France um, huh? twice now, and I really I've been there only twice for work, but it has still solidified itself as my favorite country. And I wow. think if I could go anywhere, like next big trip would be France, and I specifically would love to hike and backpack around there with a solid group of friends. Excuse me, because um. It's, it's just a really cool place. Like the, the culture there, I really enjoy, but also the mountains there are absolutely insane. Like it is just next level, like France, Austria, Germany, like that, and Switzerland. Like that whole area is just some of the coolest and most accessible mountains I've ever been to. And I would love to spend time out there hiking, backpacking with some good homies. Um, so I recently found out that Paris is actually the number one place in the world for photography because it hosts yeah because it hosts uh, the most exhibitions and the paris photo festival is actually where i found out where like contemporary artists sell their photo books so that's why i was like oh i wonder (laughs) if that was one of the reasons why (laughs) yeah i've only i've only been to paris like briefly i think i've been like total of two nights there in my life and it's cool but it's just like once you get to south of france like where the mountains are like dude it's it's (laughs) so better It is so cool. Like, I've only done work there, too. I haven't even done any, like, like, I never went there for myself yet. And it was just so sick. Yeah. Uh, What's interesting is I've never heard somebody talk about Paris for hiking or France for hiking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's why. It's it's actually, like, a good chunk of the country is, like, yeah, a lot of mountains. And, like, yeah, that whole area of Switzerland, Austria, like, all that, it's... It's it all just is insane and accessible. Like it's so beautiful there. Does March fourth, twenty sixteen, have any significance to you in particular? <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. I'm trying to remember March fourth, twenty sixteen. Was that when I crashed the Prius? No, but that was close. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went to. Is that and it's not when I bought the Iceland tickets. It was a little bit before that. Oh man, this is this is actually kind of <laughs> fun. Um, before the Iceland tickets, I was in. It was before Montana when I was with Forrest. You're closer to the Prius. The Prius got fixed by then. I don't know. Your first vlog. The first vlog <laughs> on March. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, oh, I guess that happened quick then. It was like the first vlog in Iceland in June. I didn't realize yeah. it was like that quick of a timeline. That's right? cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why I was like, maybe that's why it was so easy to catch up. <laughs> yeah, but, was, that's close though. Yeah. But, that's cool. Yeah, going on four years, pretty, over four years at this point, March yeah. 26th today. Well, it's like, it's like a funny, like, when I talk about the vlogs, like, it's just, it's so funny because I went really hard from March 4th, yeah. 2016 till like, um the end of 2017 yeah and it was just like after like i went hard for like a little almost two years like basically a year and a half plus some change and then then it, like from 2018 2019 like i really didn't do too much like I, I definitely was burnt out like i yeah i went too hard i and my ambitions were probably not stellar back then uh but now it's like i'm, I'm older i'm wiser way smarter not way smarter mm-hmm. but smarter yeah uh, smart, smarter smarter <laughs> but 
Yeah, and then so because it's like, oh man, you used to like do so many vlogs. You used to do this. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't for like two years. Like, like, and it's just funny because people still identify me as like someone who does YouTube. But there was like a whole like, I mean, I uploaded like yeah. 20, 30 videos in that kind of like two year break. But still, though, um, yeah, I actually funny fact, fun fact, I've never really like gone back and watched any of the vlogs. Like, there, like, there's been maybe a couple I've rewatched. But like I literally haven't. I've probably spent less than an hour of my life rewatching them, which is kind of crazy, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I get that because like, it's just when you create the content, you know what's in it already. Yeah. So it's like for me, like with the podcast, like I don't go back and listen to the podcast because like I'm literally editing it and talking to the person, so I know <laughs> what it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I think it's important to not do that too, because it's like once it's out there, it's out there, and it's just like okay like on to the next thing kind of thing yeah. like it's, it's important to not beat yourself up so much but also to not pat yourself on the back so much it's just like finding that like level of indifference and continuing forward with whatever you're doing like i think that's why i don't watch them that i haven't rewatched them because it's just like they're going to be great memories to look back on like yeah i'm gonna love it but it's also like you know i don't want to be just watching the past all the time yeah um speaking of a big part of your past your first vlog and many other vlogs were about running <laughs> in the very beginning yeah do you still, do you still run <laughs> that was probably more casey neistat influence there yep. <laughs> uh, i don't run so much anymore i i've been doing a lot more climbing i actually climbed a lot right before i started doing and pursuing photography um and then i kind of injured myself for a while and then i never really got back into it until i came back here and I climb pretty much every day. Like, obviously, with being quarantined right now, like, I haven't climbed for, like, a month, which is by far the longest time I haven't climbed since last year. Um, but I, I have, like, pretty much all my friends here are, like, from the climbing gym, like, all that stuff. So um, I do want to get back into running and kind of just use that as good cardio to go backpack more and do all that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like I have to make time for it. And I do kind of miss it, though. It was therapeutic. Yeah. I feel like there's like stints in my life, like seasons where I run pretty hard and enjoy it. But yeah. 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 I think it's just more of one of those like, I'm going to try and make time as much as I can. If I can't, then it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> not in the schedule right now. Like, I have, I need, I definitely need to like, back up on some things and figure out okay what do i want to be doing kind of stuff so uh i would like to be running again though i do yeah. i do miss it I, I was like when i was doing it a lot near the end i like stopped using headphones and it was just like an hour or so of therapy because you just like are in your own mind it's just like good spring cleaning for your mind because you are running so you kind of have some task in front of you but it's like an hour of meditation of just like sifting through your mind just thinking about things and not being distracted by your phone you just have such a streamline of thought, and I do miss that a lot. And there's probably time to be doing that, and I just need to need to make it and set down other distractions and do it because it's healthy at the end of the day. So, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of kind of like being indifferent based off of like the good or bad of things. Yeah. How was your, how was your time on Adorama? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That actually surfaced that moment the other day. Um, I like we were just talking about it. It was actually a good time. Um, yeah. So for those of you who are listening that don't know what it was, it was uh, this reality show that Adorama, which is a website that sells a lot of like 
techs photo type gear mostly just photo stuff um they had this yeah reality show called top photographer and the host was actually nigel barker who was uh the host of many things but most notably america's next top model so um but honestly it was really fun i still talk to some of the people roxy yeah yeah i talked to scott here and there like every now and then scott will message me and we'll talk back and forth same with chris i haven't talked to jemiah much at all um but yeah roxy's roxy's killing it like she saw oh, yeah. something with Kylie Jenner or something. I was like, what the hell? Shit. Like, yeah, she, she's killing it. Um, yeah. It's really cool to see where she was back then and what she's doing now. And she's so talented. And yeah, I, I wish I kept up with them more. Yeah, it, it was just like a fun experience. And I I don't think I will ever do a reality show again, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I had more fun doing the vlogs than the actual show. Like, I was kind of stoked I got voted, spoiler alert, I got voted first day off because we shot studio. Like, I literally never shot that in my life back then. Still haven't really shot much of it. And, yeah, I just, like, kooked around for that whole week and just, like, ran around with my video camera and, and filmed all the BTS stuff. Like, it was just fun. Yeah. I was stoked I got voted because I had more fun than anyone there, for sure. Yeah, yeah it seemed like there was a lot less stress and more natural feeling of being like hell yeah i'm in new york with these people watching yeah yeah i I just cooked around it was great i did so i did actually rewatch. so that was one of the few vlogs i rewatched. was a few of those because that because like when it popped up in moment yesterday like when the subject came up i just was like i like rewatched like i think the first couple i was just like oh my god (laughs) like there was some dude there was some stuff like back in the day that like i like and i'm not tooting my own horn but i was like fuck like that was really funny, Andrew. Like, like <laughs> it's just like stupid little editing cuts and whatnot. I was like, dang, like, yeah. It, it's it's it was fun to look back on it. I need to watch my videos, honestly. Like, I feel like I would learn so much just by rewatching them. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in rewatching them after a certain point in time where you just kind of forget it. It's like watching your favorite movie after not seeing it for a long time. You're like, oh yeah, now I realize why it's my favorite movie yeah. again. <laughs> and you also see like what holds up too. Like there was like some funny little editing cuts. I was like, oh, that's still funny today. Like that's like yeah. that still works today. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I keep that? How do I implement those styles and like little things into what I'm doing today to make them last for the you know tomorrow and next year kind of thing? It's like yeah. you can learn so much if you just start analyzing your own shit and like yeah. yeah. I feel like the podcasts I enjoy the most are just like ones that have random ass tangents yeah that's like like it's it's just like 25 minutes 30 minutes of just like you know kind of on subject but like the rest of the hour and a half was like these random ass tangents yeah. <laughs> like kind of have something to do with the subject. yeah that's kind of what happened with Corey's. i want to talk about your book and stuff but like we just talking about how extreme he was at sports <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it is, though. and that's how it's like that's that is the most enjoyable ones i listened to this one called potterless over summer and um it's just this guy who's my age he was like 23 when he started and then he finished all the harry potter books in 26 and every two weeks he'd come out with an episode just like reading the book and but he also like just made fun of it and all this stuff but he also enjoyed it like it was a really fun really brilliant idea for a podcast and um at the end of it though or but like my favorite episodes were the ones that like half the episode wasn't really about the book and the, yeah. and like half of it or half of it was about the book and half of it was just like the random ass tangents they went on <laughs> the best one last note on the adorama was uh in one of the vlogs someone said it's because of your socks and sandals that you got eliminated <laughs> from someone <laughs> it was one of your friends i was like damn like maybe <laughs> that's awesome 
Honestly, though, he's probably not wrong. They're probably not wrong. <laughs> so you said at the beginning of the book, uh, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, this guy. He came from I love it. I've never spent so much time looking at somebody's photos through a book that could be read in four seconds, but <laughs> it takes you like 50 yeah. fucking hours because you're like, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And that's why I like, I mean, I think... I think I talked about it at the beginning of the book, or at least that's how I promoted it. it was like, you know, I don't want people to like scroll through this, like Instagram, like yeah. take the time and like ask yourself the title of the book, like how does it feel? And then go from there and, and just ask yourself those questions with each collection. Cause it's just like, that, that it's really, it's really enjoyable to look at work like that versus just looking through it quickly. And especially on like a physical medium, like a book, like on a page printed out, it's just yeah. different. Like, it's a, it's a different experience, for sure. And I really want to be making more. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah, take yeah, it just, do that. Um, make the time. Yeah. And I think you're probably going to be more like Joe, in a sense where, like, Joe is now taken away from Instagram and now does his own blog, like, subscription. Um, Joe- I don't know if you're, yeah, Greer. Wait, what, what's his blog subscription? What oh, you don't know about this? Yeah, I'm, I'm so bad at scrolling on Instagram and uh, about uh, people's lives now. Yeah, so pretty much Joe is now, like, he still posts on Instagram, but he does, uh, like, a $5 monthly subscription of, like, a blog of a list of photos and then kind of goes more in depth with it. Wow. And, yeah, so I was, like, super excited because, like, Joe's, besides Joe's you, obviously. Is, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, Joe's so talented. So, yeah, that's why I'm trying to make money is to, like, keep getting in touch with all of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great so far. (laughs) And then, uh, but you said at the beginning of the book that there was so much to say, but knew it wasn't a novel, but a photo book. I'm curious, what would you say if it was a novel or, like, you had the chance to speak more on it and not the photos themselves speak for themselves? Hmm. Like, I, I think where I was coming from when I said that is, like, when I look at page whatever in the book, yeah. and I see those photos, there's something, there's so much I could say about them, and so much to be like, oh, like, here's how I felt during this time, here's where I was at, here's this and that, blah, 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 here's how I feel about this photo. There's so much I could say, but at the end of the day, I feel that ruins the experience for the viewer, because it's like... <laughs> there's so much value in just not there's so much value in simplicity for simplicity's sake. Like, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, I don't want to over explain stuff and, yeah. and I suck at that. Like I, I over explain too much all the time. So trying to dial that back and like letting people just feel it for themselves. So like not saying so much, not, not over explaining and, and whatever, and just letting people experience it for themselves. And I think that's so applicable in, in life in general is just like, you know, stop stop sharing your opinion so much, stop doing this, and just learn to listen, learn to allow people just to do their own thing. And in a way, that's kind of what I wanted for the book, is just, like, allowing people to experience it for themselves. Because I was, like, thinking about, you know, writing sections for each one. I was like, number one, that's a shit ton of work. And number two, it's like, what, like, when I really thought about it, I was like, okay, maybe 5% of the people who buy it will actually read through all of that. Mm-hmm. And then even then would that detract from the experience like and i think that's kind of where it came from it's just like there's so much to say so much i want to express 
at the end of the day, it will never be enough, especially through text. So yeah, there's um, no point to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I totally get where you're coming from because I feel like um, a big part of people who are creating like personal project series too are like they're encouraged to do artist statements to kind of further and um, further explain their idea or their concept. Where like I'm one of those that's like, no, I'd rather just put up the work and let it speak for itself and let people just like come away with these ideas of what they think it means because yeah. it's more interesting for them. And oh, that, that's really well said. I mean, that yeah. pretty much summarized what I said. Like, yeah. yeah. You would summarize that perfectly. It's just, I mean, even with myself, I'd rather just look at people's blogs. Like, I, I just like enjoy looking at the images and like I might read certain people's texts, but at the end of the day, it's just I just want to feel out the work and 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 see it for myself. And yeah, yeah. you do want to provide that extra text to explain your thoughts on your own work in terms of the pages. Please send me a link. <laughs> I will read all of it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I do run a blog on my website, and I've been trying to think of ideas to, like, talk yeah. about. Um, but I also think, I mean, going back to the Sean Tucker example, like, I think there's so much value in doing that through a video versus words. It's yeah. like, I feel like I would probably, true. like, record and cut a video faster than I could write it out because I would overthink the shit out of my words. I, and I would just waste too much time trying to like summarize five paragraphs into like six sentences pretty much because no one's going to read five paragraphs usually about a, a photo it just it sucks but it's also like usually yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah. i would read joe stuff about that but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but 99 of the population is yeah the, the attention spans are pretty low nowadays so oh yeah Fine. when you did film vlogs you were yeah unique in that you focus on the minutiae of capturing the small moments of you just like buckling your pants putting on Birkenstocks <laughs> just like waking yeah. up in bed does that translate from your ability to tell stories through establishing medium and detailed shots and photography yeah I would say so um I would say I have this I have this method that I use when I call, when I shoot stuff it's called bracketing and it's not bracketing like people there's like another method called exposure bracketing where you take a darker one, an exposed one, and an overexposed one. It's not that, but it's yeah. just bracketing the scene. So it's like I always think, um, okay, the big wide angle setting the scene shot. It's like a movie, like when they do a transition scene, there might be like a drone yeah. shot of a city. There's your wide angle yeah. casing shot. Uh, and then you want to get mid-range. So it's like, okay, here's, here's you know, a portrait or whatever. And then like like lifestyle shot of the scene not necessarily focused on anyone specific but the the overall feeling of the scene is kind of established and there's like the detail stuff of xyz and i feel like that applies in more so my photography now but um back on like the early vlogs when i was just like enjoying editing and like finding those b-roll clips to make a nice little cut like yeah I, yeah. I think it translates to both mediums for sure of photo and video. This portion kind of serves as the secondhand currents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you slept in many cars from the sake of waking up at 4 a.m. to catch sunrise, actually living in it, <laughs> to yeah, chasing landscapes from Walt, Gary, the Prius, every other car. Jeez. What's the most comfortable to sleep in? And if you had to choose one car to keep forever, which one would you choose? I, I literally feel like I'm being interviewed by Sean Evans on Hotline right now. That was such a Sean Evans question. I love it. You are killing it. Um, comfiest car, uh, 100%. It is not the Land Rover Defender, Gary. 
Oh, uh, that's heartbreaking. Except, <laughs> except it was nice sleeping on the roof. Um, okay. Honestly, though, Walt, like the Land okay. Cruiser, I still have him. Um, he, uh, I've tried to, but I haven't. I haven't pushed it too hard. Like, yeah. um, I, I am talking to some people that might buy him, but um, he was definitely the comfiest. I got a lot of customization done on that truck, and. Yeah. It was fun, but I really enjoyed the nights where I would sleep on the roof rack. I have, like, slats on the roof rack versus oh, okay. um, you know, whatever normal roof racks are. So you can, like, lay your sleeping pad down on them and, like, and just mm-hmm. sleep on the roof of your truck and, and look at the stars. Yeah. And, and it's also, it's pretty roomy. Like, I've slept five on that car before, so it's, like, three inside and two on the top. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like a, it's just, like, bunk beds. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you, would you choose that car to be your car forever out of all of them that you've had? Yeah, it's just, like, I'm such a practical individual, like, and it took me a while to accept that, but now I have fully accepted it, and it's just, like, I don't want to pay for $10, 10 miles to the gallon, like, (laughs) like, it's so bad, like, I calculated, Mm. I literally calculated it one time, because I bought Walt at 170,000 miles, and he's now at 210, and I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure I calculated just the gas, and I had spent over, like, 10 grand on just gas, like, fuck. Dude, it's it's so mad. When I drive the yeah. Prius, it's like five to seven times less than that. So right? it's just like I can drive that forty thousand miles I put on it and only spend probably less than two thousand. Like it's yeah. I and I'm and I'm such a practical person. Like when I look at that math, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like <laughs> I need to sell yeah. this guy. <laughs> like yeah, like as fun of a truck as it is, and like as great as it is, like at the end of the day, I'm a very practical person, and I would rather not stress out about. And also just, like, my values of the environment. Like, I care about the earth and all that stuff. I'm like, this isn't helping. So, yeah. Oh, I totally feel for you because my first car was a 2002 Ford Exploder. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it was uh, $60 a gallon. Or, <laughs> or $60 a gallon. $60 a tank. And now I drive a 2014 Hyundai Elantra. And I pay, like, 22 to 35 at most. Yeah, that's <laughs> Is. like i don't think i've ever right. spent over 35 and i don't think i've even gotten close to that in the prius like probably 30s max yeah like, and and it gets me i spend like 25 to 30 bucks and it gets me about 500 miles which is stellar yeah yeah so, i love i love the prius not to uh ruin your friendship relationships but <laughs> if yes. you were to relive the experience of what it felt like to be in alaska or iceland out of all your friends who would you choose to tag along with you this time? Would it be Sonora once again because she's such great company, or somebody new? Um, damn, put me on the spot. <laughs> I if I had to choose one person, I mean, I'd probably choose Sonora just because we get along so well, and just because she's so fun to shoot with. We're just a good combo when we work together and travel together. Um, yeah. But if I had to, if I had my, if I had dealer's choice. <laughs> I would uh, I would do like a group of my friends for sure. Like yeah. when we shot the stroll workshop, we went we were out on like the beach and it was me, my friend Mason Strell, and my friend yeah. Nathaniel and Sonora, and then also some people like then a whole like crew with us. It was like two cameramen, a sound guy, the producer, all that. So it was like a big crew, but like that whole workshop didn't feel like work. Like I was just like running around the beach with my friends for two days, and like that's it was so much fun. Like I want to be like. I don't know that that's like what I want my work to be moving toward is like as as I love working at moment but I think the thing I really love about it is that community aspect like of working with people like I would only 
Like, that's what I want to be doing with that. So, basically, I want to go to France with my friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> some of the yeah. Yeah, that's the goal. I'm excited for the possibility of a France vlog. <laughs> I, me too, honestly. Um, now, I had a feeling you were going to say Sonora, and so my next question is, do you own Sonora's Volume 1, Eyes Like Wolves? I don't think I do, actually. And it's probably because when it came out, I didn't have a home address. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need to catch up at this point. So I'll probably... Uh, give me one sec. I'm going to log on to her website real quick. <laughs> um, can you just on pause? No, I'll do it later. And then... To bring it back to the friends one more time. Sure. I'm going to name off these people. Choose one person you would uh, like to do a photo shoot with next. Okay. Uh, Michael, Dakota, Flugs, Tina, Christian, Julia, Meg, Isaac, Alex, Patrick, Sonora, Sam, Elkins, Sam, Landreth, Rod, Forrest, Elsa, Jeez. Tucker, Caleb. <laughs> I think out of all those people, my first in... in um... My first inclination with Julia because I haven't seen her in a long time and like I we literally just laugh and cry the whole time. She's so funny. It is stupid. Like um, you portray her in terms of like her goofiness on the vlogs. So she's yeah, easygoing. <laughs> she's a riot. Like I, she's she can do anything. Like she like put up a makeup tutorial on her Instagram the other day and I watched it just because she's so damn funny. Like she like. <laughs> I've literally never done makeup in my life, and I watched the whole thing just because she's so funny. Like, I believe uh, it. I, I would, and I, and I just haven't caught up with her in a while. Like, we're always, like, I'm always somewhere, and I always just miss her, and she always just misses me. And it's been, it's been over a year now since I've seen her, so I'd really like to catch Dang. up. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Um. Have you been keeping in touch with Will? Which uh, Will? Alaska. Willie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Willie. Yeah. I talk to Willie all the time. Yeah, he's the homie. He's like basically, I don't know if it's like super public, but I mean, it's totally fine. He's like basically my manager. So oh, it's like, really? yeah, so he's, he's like a really close friend, but he's my manager. So like a lot of the jobs that like, especially back in, like I had a few much bigger jobs come back in 2016, 17. And like, I, I reached out to him for help. And like, um, cause he knows, he knows his stuff pretty well. He, he used to work for, you know who Joey L is? Yeah. Yeah. So he used to work for Joey L as well as his mentors, this guy named John Keatley, who's like this photographer in Seattle who has shot with every celebrity under the sun and just has this very interesting, unique, quirky style. Um, so Willie knows his shit on that stuff. And yeah, he was actually, he was actually just in Spain and then oh, the whole Corona thing was starting to happen. So oh, we flew fine. back and I he, they had, he and his partner they had to fly back early and so I actually saw him a couple weeks ago uh, right before everyone was really in lockdown because they had like a day in Seattle so um but yeah I feel like we talk every other week like he's we stay in close connection yeah. for sure yeah. yeah I was just curious because he seems like a really cool person to hang out with <laughs> Willie is a legend like I always <laughs> try to explain Willie to people I'm like he's just the best and I can't tell you why you just have to know him like yeah like, <laughs> he's sense. so great he's just such like a level dude um I mean, beyond being my manager, he is just, like, a very sound human. Like, he just is unapologetically himself, but it's not over... It's never overbearing. Like, he yeah. he just, like, he knows his values and he sticks to them. And, and at the end of the day, even though we do business together, his best interest is me. Like, it's not... He's not trying to, like... Yeah. Like, I never, ever would suspect him of 
trying to get the higher ground on anything like he he's yeah. teaching me along the way he's like not trying to gouge xyz he's trying to gouge for me and not for him which is like really cool to see in a business partner and agent um yeah and he always like he'll ex uh, if i have questions he'll explain stuff you know and um and, and he always just walks me through and educates me on everything he's doing so yeah guys a great guy's great so you've been partly a landscape photographer for the past five years, at least as the internet knows, uh, mm -hmm. from Ma Mount Pilchuck to the West. F is it Fjords or Fjords? Because I know you guys. I like Fjords better, but yeah, Fjords. Okay. okay. To the Olympic Peninsula, to the mountain peaks of Hawaii. You've seen yeah. it all. What is the one place you'd recommend everyone to go check out if you would find a place, one for the general population and one for photographers? Um, the general population, I'd say come to Washington just because it's, I mean, that's kind of a biased opinion, but it's so beautiful here. And it's so like, um, I, I really would want people to just go on a hike because like I discovered nature off a really, like my love for nature was this first hike called Lake 22, which is like an hour that way is the trailhead and um you know, it impacted, it changed my life. Like I, I never had any interest into it until I was standing at this beautiful Alpine Lake with 3000 foot cliffs in front of me. That was like, this shit exists. Like I just had no idea, like it was real. And I was standing on like seven feet of snow. I was like, what? Like that exists. Wow. Like I had no idea. Like I just blew my mind. And ever since then, it's just, it has put a love for nature in me that, um, yeah, that I just love so much. And I just want to spend my time there. So I'd encourage people to come to Washington to experience that just because out of anywhere in the world, it's pretty, I mean, there's probably other places that it's accessible, but like the Alpine lakes here, it's just like my favorite setting is an Alpine lake. You're, you're at a lake with just huge cliffs and around you. It's, it's incredible. Um, but for the general or for like photographers, I really like, I mean, I could go, cop out and say Washington as well, just because of the reasons I explained, but I think I think a really good experience, like one of my most visual experience or memories, is the West Fjords of Iceland, just because it's so big. Like you would you would be on this side of a fjord and you would see the road across the way, and it would take you an hour to just do that big massive wow. view. And you would round you would go around the other side and you would do it again. Like it was so vast and wow. so big. And like the thing with Iceland is there's really not any trees, so you just see forever. Yeah. There's there's nothing blocking the view, and I always imagine, like, how crazy Washington would look without trees, and I feel like it'd be uh, a more extreme version of Iceland, um, mm -hmm. but I'm very thankful for our trees here. But I, I just think Iceland, West Fjords, it's like, and it's also your, I guess on top of that, you're very alone there. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you pass cars, obviously, but, I mean, there's points where you're probably, like, within a few square miles of the next person like it's 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 barren out there but yeah not overly barren like to give a 4d sense for the people who love the iceland videos what does it smell like in iceland the smell yeah it's fine i don't remember anything being weird unless you go to the hot springs then it smells like eggs <laughs> <laughs> it's just sulfur pretty much <laughs> okay that's yeah. good to know um I know you joked about possibly going back to Montana since you literally left only after a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I, would, I would love to go back. Um, do you think the best scenario would be to be working on your second book, which is supposed to be like narrative inspiration? I don't think so. I would probably be more so like there's a lot of good people in 
um, Montana now. Like Stroll has been living there. Uh, Isaac is there. Same with Forrest. All these guys um, that are really good friends of mine, and we all share very similar values. And I, I think I would like to give it a second chance at some point. I don't know if I ever will, but it is something. Summers in Montana look really fun. I'd like to spend some time there, especially around like good people like that. Yeah, the reason I left after like <laughs> ten days was just because like there was. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't like seven feet of snow in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. So, and back then I wasn't a super big winter person and I'm still like getting more into winter. Like I ended up like snowboarding and stuff for the first time this year and really, really enjoyed it. And I mean, looking back, I really regret leaving. I wish I would have stayed cause I was living with stroll and, and really cool people and I should have taken advantage of that, but it is what it is. And if the opportunity comes up again, I mean, we'll see what happens, but for now, like, it's always there and I have good friends there. So I, I definitely will pay visits. I actually was just there last month with Stroll doing some stuff with Stroll works. So, um, which was some videos I already released on yeah. my YouTube. Yeah. Considering the amount of snow, how was it filming the everyone sledding tie to a car? <laughs> In the tie house? <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, that was actually in Washington right before I left for Montana. Um, and, yeah it was really fun it was uh it was safe so <laughs> and for those who don't know he was there with a famous instagram star um millie the golden yes <laughs> cutest dog ever is there a better instagram dog account to follow than millie the golden absolutely not <laughs> unless uh, it's a meme a meme account i'm sure that <laughs> the doge yeah seattle or portland who wins um seattle at this Seattle. point, there's probably a time where I might say Portland, but definitely Seattle now. So I'm curious what makes Seattle better from yeah. just a personal perspective? Um, it, it's definitely a different, it has a different personality to it. Um, Portland is like, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a little more like the keep Portland weird vibe, which is cool. Like I have nothing against yeah. it, but I definitely fit more in the Seattle realm of things where everyone's just a little like, I, I mean, this sounds negative, but like everyone's a little less talkative in a way, a little less like oh, okay, like out there and a bit like Seattle has its really fun people. Like once you meet people yeah. in Seattle, it's a bit harder to meet them. Like that's definitely like a very stereotype here. That's kind of true. It's like a little more closed off, but like also I think there's a lot of value in that because you meet the like for me, I've been meeting the right people versus a ton of people, and so true. Okay. Um, but I mean, just from experience and moving around so much, like the best place to be is where you spend your time at. So it's like, there's no wrong answer for sure. Yeah. Um, so I believe many of your clothes come from thrifting. Yeah. And, uh, is the American flag sweater still the best pickup? No, I, uh, for, well, I mean at the time, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like for, uh, for certain circumstances in 2016, I decided to let go of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and briefly mentioned, uh, when you were talking about the planks on top of, uh, Walt, uh, I was curious, is that from the adventure shop of the me mechanics or was that more inspired by like Fry's van? No, it's, a the, uh, it's just a roof rack at the top that are just slats. Oh, okay. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Tom and adventure ready did all that work on it. So you the homie. Yes. Yeah. So you rated food a lot in your videos. Is there yes. anything that stuck out to you as absolutely amazing or just plain disgusting? Costco pizza, the best. 
<laughs> Costco pizza. I feel like I ate that a lot in the vlogs. <laughs> you heard it I here. In a while. Uh, <laughs> Time to go get some. T- I remember. I don't. I think I put it in the vlog where Sonora and I in Iceland tried fermented fish. Um, that was not good at all. Oh, okay. I think I don't remember, but I mean, just the name of it doesn't sound good at all. So I probably didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Given being a photographer, it takes up a lot of your time. Are there any hidden talents or hobbies that you've been keeping from the world? I know guitar used to be one of them. Do you still play guitar? No, I don't have a guitar right now. Um, sold it when I was traveling out of a car. Yeah. Um, right now, not not really. Um, I've been getting back into music. I, I used to do. I used to play drums back in the day, and that was like my whole life, pretty much. And so I've been getting back into music a ton. I wouldn't say it's a hidden talent, but it's like something I'm really enjoying again. Because mm-hmm. um, it's it's so much more accessible than when I was into it, which was like 2010, 2012, 13-ish. And I used to be in like jazz band and all that. So that, that was like a huge part of my life. Almost went to school for music, actually. And um, But there is a video. Oh, man. I found it yesterday. I think you have to search Wind Machine Jackson High School. And you can see me rip a drum solo from ages ago. <laughs> yeah. It was like um, a drum solo at like 210 beats per minute. It was hella fast. I rewatched it. And I was like, dang, why'd I quit drumming? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't it? Uh, I was trying to think in my head, like, it was you that almost went to school for drums, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like music education. Um, yeah, but now it's like, I mean, I'm really thankful I didn't just because the way the world has evolved since high school for me i graduated in 2012 so it's been eight years and it's like oh my god like i feel like like all that stuff so outdated like so far now it's like you have soundcloud you have all this like everyone can make their own music now so it's like there's really not a huge like like i just i just feel like anything i would teach in school wouldn't be so relevant if that was my education or if that was my major you know um maybe i'm totally wrong but and it is a great opportunity to teach kids how to make music and, and play music. But I think so much of it is just available on the internet today and at a faster pace. Um, the only thing it lacks yeah. is that community aspect. But yeah. do you think it's workshops? I think workshops is kind of the answer. But do you think workshops is kind of the answer of blending both academia curriculum and like current culture events, like blending YouTube and like the history aspect or of the craft yeah in a way um and you're talking about online workshops or like um just in general like the people who instruct workshops um are they coming more from just their personal experience alone or are they combining both i would say I would say yeah, a lot of the workshops are just total personal experience. I mean, that's the reason why people buy them because of the instructor. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I there because there's so much like you can probably think of, especially with photography, like you can probably think of any topic and find it on YouTube and like learn about it. But it's like if you want specificity in your in your learnings, like it's like oh, I want to learn how to shoot like Finn Beals, and it's like oh, he has a workshop with Strollworks, like because he. Yeah. He has a distinct style. Same with Ben Hardman and all those guys that have done that. Like, there's a, there's a reason why, yeah, they've they've done that. So, I know you and Sonora label telephoto lenses as dead camera lenses. Dude, and... I, mean, <laughs> I got one right here, baby. I was just <laughs> gonna to say 300 or 70 yeah. to 300. 
I was about to say, uh, in the beginning of the writing, I saw that you named like a 70, a 200, and an 80 to 200. And I was going to say, are you a part of the dad crew now? So. Yeah, I mean, there's, not, <laughs> yeah. there's never anything against it. I mean, maybe I like maybe I was like a little hard-headed back then. Probably 100% <laughs> I was. But I, nowadays, like, I always rock the 80 to 200. And, um, and like, I've done a bunch of the 70 to 300. Like, they have their place. Um, and you can create really cool images with them. And really, it's like a different way of shooting. So I think it's a, yeah, I think it's, I think everyone should have one in their arsenal at some point. And especially if you shoot Canon, you can get them for really cheap for if you find old film ones. So, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I shoot Canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, when you're, when you have a chance to look up um, Canon 80 to 200, and it's this old, small film lens. I have it laying around here somewhere, but basically okay. it attaches to an ef mount so it'll okay. what do you shoot on? uh 60 yeah EF. so it'll, it'll attach it'll attach to your ef mount and it also has autofocus and all that that work with it and okay. it's like if you're spending 50 bucks that's it's probably as much as you would spend on that lens like it's so cheap and it's just like that's low it? key. yeah 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 it's no cheap. way yeah, yeah yeah i think Man, that might be that might be an over understatement. It might be like a hundred bucks, but like Still. even then, if spending a hundred bucks or spending too much for sure. Like I think you can get them for like fifty-five to seventy, okay. and then you get a zoom. It's four. It's f four five to five six, so it like isn't super good in dark situations. But like for seventy bucks, it's fine. Like <laughs> like get over it. <laughs> You're spending yeah, for, seventy bucks. <laughs> for anyone who's unfamiliar with camera prices, I have a. 70 to 200 that retails at 750 when i bought it <laughs> so yeah yeah i have that one over there too yeah um good lens so, yeah no i i do like unfortunately when i traveled back down from oregon to california it like it still works but like the ring uh towards the end of the lens just broke off so like oh, it's, yeah but My, mine yeah mine doesn't isn't really that sharp like they like will sometimes like I bought it to shoot a wedding and the wedding was sharp thankfully, but then after that like it's like really soft on most of the images which is kind of sketch. Yeah, that I'm facing like, the, same to the point where it's like you can't get it sharp like something's yeah. off in the opticals so I'm just like sketch. Yeah. yeah, um, going back to the idea of doing fixed versus zoom lenses, why do you suggest the Edia 200 when their people are recommending fixed focal lengths? I mean, sure. I think you did say, I think over text that it was because of the like you go into that with the workshop. Yeah, um, there's so many different arguments for this. At the end of the day, none of them are right. None of them are wrong. Like, there's no for sure. Um, I guess I should say none of them are wrong. But for me, like, I think it is really. I enjoy shooting on fixed lenses just because it's that's all you have and you you have to move you have to learn about composition i think it's really good to learn on those things on fixed yeah. lenses but then like as you start to learn and understand like if you're shooting on a 50 for example you know to stand usually further back for certain images and you know when you're shooting on a 24 to 70 and you're trying to get something and it's like not working up close you remember oh yeah when i shot on a 50 i would step back and then zoom in yeah. and i would step back and frame it this way it's like oh with the 24 to 70 you can just do that and like you can test so many ideas so quick so i think there's true um i, I kind of go by a rule of thumb too like if you're not spending over a thousand dollars on a zoom lens um for photography and like totally different if we're talking about vlogging like i'll spend 
money on a zoom lens that's sub sub a thousand dollars easy but if you're shooting trying to get quality images i would say the rule of thumb is unless you're spending over a thousand dollars on a zoom lens just don't buy it um unless it's like an 80 to 200 type thing like there's like kind of a it's like a weird intermittent part where i just wouldn't recommend a zoom lens for I mean, maybe maybe some of them nowadays. Like, I'm sure the first 24 to 70 Mark One is probably cheap and stuff like that. And but if you, I guess for close in focal ranges, like mm-hmm. between 24 and 70 ish, I wouldn't buy a zoom lens under a thousand dollars. I would try to go for a prime lens because at that point you're paying for the quality of glass inside. Like so, like for instance, the Sigma yeah. 35 Art lens is just like. It's sub a thousand dollars. I think it goes between eight and nine hundred, and that thing is freaking money. Like it is so sharp, so crisp, and it's like looks like it's a two to three thousand dollar quality lens. Yeah. And I I always encourage people to like if they're gonna like upgrade a lens at a starting level to get that lens because it's so dang good. Yeah. Um. So you've made so many friends over the course of your life, literally through vlogs, through photography. Does it just come naturally for you or did you like struggle to like get out of your shell to just start meeting people? Um, um I'm I moved around a lot as a kid, so that helped a lot. Like I was I lived in Kentucky till second grade, till first grade, Oregon second through fifth, Ohio for sixth, Tennessee for seventh, eighth, and several different houses and different schools in Washington. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I mean you kind of get good at it. <laughs> like yeah. uh, like it kinda it, like for me it doesn't feel like, I don't find it too hard to meet people, and I also don't find it, like, uh, and I, I don't want to sound cocky when I say this, but I don't find it too hard to get along with people. Like, as long as you don't suck, like, you'll generally get along with everyone, and as long as they don't suck, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll find a way to get along with everyone. I would say it was never really too hard for me, but I also do miss the value of, like, you know, there's only one guy, uh, his name's Scotty, who's, like, my best friend. Like, I think I've known him since... He's definitely my best friend. He knows everything about me. Like, I don't think there's nothing he doesn't know at this point. And I've only known him since 2010, which is like, yeah. it's only like 10 years, you know? And it's like, I didn't realize it was that long at this point. But like, you know, now yeah. I've only known him for a third of my life, you know? And that's the person I've, like, other than my parents, like, that's the person I've known for the longest, you know? And it's kind of, or like, yeah. I've been closest with for the longest. And, there's, there's such a va- there's a really big value for both options to move around a bunch to get to know how to like live and and get to know people in certain situations but there's also such a value to having those long very deep relationships with people then that is something I definitely missed out on um but now that I'm back like I feel like I'm gonna be in Washington for a while like I'm, I'm not gonna don't quote me on that like who knows but like I there I do have much more value for staying in one place now and in that too, I'm building deeper relationships with like the friends at the climbing gym, the friends um, with photography and whatnot. Cause I think one of my friends put it perfectly. Uh, she said that Instagram and, and all that is basically just like a bunch of one night stand friendships. Like you just kind of make friends really quick and you don't see them for, for the next year or two. And, and that's cool to an extent. I mean, that's not a cool concept, but it's cool to meet those people that, make friends with these talented people but like at the end of the day i even i even know like what you said like i've met so many people like how yeah. many of them will be close to me when i'm you know 50 60 when i'm when i'm 30 you know six years four yeah. years from now like like how many people will be 
close friends that I talk to often enough. And that, um, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow for some people, but for me, it's just like, okay, it's just like another, another thing I'm moving on from another, another, you know, another new school, another, another new state, like whatever. It's just like kind of natural for me. So, um, there's a beauty to it. There's a not beauty to it, but yeah. Yes. Well, if I ever move to Washington, I'll try my hardest. Yeah. (laughs) Come back around. (laughs) I mean, I think, a lot of creatives have this issue where I think this is going back to your workshop in a way um, where everyone thinks you have to move to a big city, either LA, New York, Chicago, and that's how you're going to make money as a photographer. And I think like, at least through your workshop, people finally understand like you could work remotely in terms of like making briefs and mood boards for companies and delivering products digitally, as well as like meeting on like a what is it periodic yeah. basis yeah i think i think the most important thing too like what i've learned over the years is how you're defining your success with photography because if it is you know um if it is like doing all these works for brands and for these big companies like cool go for it you'll probably fare better in la but yeah. like i think we'll want to like and i don't think many people will, like realize like how smart of a person like alex stroll actually is like he i mean obviously has built this great following on instagram but at the end of the day he the way he defines success isn't by that the way he defines success isn't by his big client names by his this or that like i'm close with him enough to see that he isn't finding his worth off that and that's like something really powerful to realize and something that took me a while to realize like that's not what it's about coming back to what i've said a few times like examine your motivations against your values like the dude just loves being outside and the dude loves being able to make his own decisions his own schedule and that's success for him like everything that's come alongside that has been so extra you know and um and on top of that he's bringing value to what he's doing and and i think there's a lot to be said about the way he lives his life like i think i look more up to him as a philosophical figure than a photographer in a way yeah and and you can kind of see that through his work and the way he lives his life and the craziest thing too is like you wouldn't know his biggest jobs you'll never know like all this mm-hmm. stuff that's happening on the back end like he just keeps chugging along and and like that, that's what he does like he's he's a really cool like i'm very thankful to have him as a friend and see see that you know see that from oh. the back end what would you say to photographers who are willing to make that move willing to travel and not say that brands are technically what they're aiming for but it's more like oh uh my family's all here but i want to make work elsewhere is it just a matter of yeah you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean um i mean from personal experience i'll just speak from what i know is that i yeah, like I definitely was gunning hard for what I thought was success for a long time. And that was this like big YouTube following this, like, you know, working with the biggest brands and all this stuff and uh, to be open, like, and I want to make a video about it at some point, but it's just like such a gnarly topic to cover and to, like I said, like trying to over explain too much, like how do how can I explain it simply for a whole audience to grasp? And I just don't feel like I would ever be able to, but and I'll probably fall short here as well, but understanding after a while, like as I was looking at my motivations and values, it's like, like I wasn't really chasing what actual success was like, yeah, money, yeah. yeah, Followers. Yeah. Whatever this and that. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, once I get that, what will, what will change? Like what will be different for me? Um, what will 
what will happen once I have that big client name? What will happen once I have that big number next to my YouTube channel? Like all this and that. And, you know, it took me, it took me to put like full brakes on to like get off the gas and put on the brakes and really think about, okay, what is it that I'm actually doing? Like, and when I go back to 2012, 2013, like it was all about the outdoors. Like when I started photography and discovered the outdoors at the same time, like that's what it's about. And and like, I try to ask, I ask myself like all the time, I'm like, hey, are these aligning? Are these motivations aligning with my values of the outdoors? And I didn't ask myself that for those several years where I just didn't do any work. Like I wasn't like, I mean, that's a big reason why I burnt out at the vlogs. Cause like, I wasn't really chasing what I wanted to. I wasn't enjoying the process. I was thinking about that outcome, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, that's where you got to like I guess to get back to your question like that's the best thing I can tell people as photographers because it's like LA or Chicago or, or Paris or wherever you're thinking about to like or New York to like make these big moves for photography like I'm not going to try to discourage people from that I think there's definitely value in it but let's examine your values first like if you are moving to New York to try to do whatever or is it aligning with your values and yeah. You know, I can't like that's as simple as I can put it, because for me, for a while, um, it wasn't really aligning with my values. And now being from a I'm trying to just keep this as vague as possible, because, again, it's just like I can't you can't really accurately paint a picture no matter what for everyone. But um, as I've kind of come to more of like self-awareness in life and like you know, now there's a point to my YouTube channel. Now there's like a a purpose to why I'm doing photography and, and am I, am I going to chase, like, am I going to chase the dollar sign? Am I going to chase the follower number? Or am I going to chase like my values? And, and, you know, I think every day, like I, I have to examine that and and really keep myself in check because there's a lot of days where ego can take hold and and you aren't following that. But once you kind of like, reel yourself back in it's like you, you start understanding what your true values are basically and and then start you start being very aware of your values and motivations and so I guess for the people who are thinking about that like really think about it like and ask yourselves the hard questions of like am I looking to move to xyz for for what like what and then like what what's the opportunity cost what am I giving up what am I gaining like is it going to yield more opportunity? Like, like it might yield more opportunity, but if it's still at a higher like financial cost, then is that actually going to benefit you? Is it, it's like so many factors that go into it, but at the end of the day, just factor in the mental cost and like the, the mental health cost. Cause that will eventually catch up and destroy you if it's not aligning with yeah. your values. So that's a very jumbled up answer for that, but um, just know your values well and let your motivations follow that. Yeah. 100%. To sum it up, would it be successes from personal fulfillment? Yeah, absolutely. And for success is like it's just it's a funny word because there's so much societal def- defining of success, and success is happiness, and money cannot buy you that 100. percent Yeah, take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that really ties into. One of the last questions I had, which was for sure, given that you were becoming quote unquote like famous through Instagram following, 
uh, that manip- did that manipulate your idea of how to present your photography to the masses, or were you staying true to what you wanted to create most of the time? For sure. Um, that's a really good question. I would say that I definitely, getting to what you said earlier about wanting to do different things, I definitely did not give myself the option to do different things. Um, or I, and if I, yeah, I, I just wouldn't give myself that option. And now it's like, I look at people, Joe Greer, for example, like I feel like he shoots a good variety of different stuff. And I think that's really cool. And I really look up to that, you know, Yeah. and I, I do believe he is following his values well. And I think there's a lot of beauty to that. So for me, though, yeah, it definitely affected like what I would share, what I wouldn't share um, and, and how to go about that. And it's really, again, like just checking yourself every day and like checking in and being like, OK, like, am I like, why or why not? Am I sharing this? Like, what are my motivations behind it? And is it supporting those values? Like, it comes back yeah. to that question every single time, you know? Yeah. Um, and the goal is to be more consistent in answering that question honestly and letting the right actions follow for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in your mind when Dave Sproul uh, came into your life? <laughs> Dude, you really did your research. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I've known Dave for a long time, well before I even started all this. And it's really cool to revisit him because I feel like I always feel very grounded when I'm around him. Because like, I guess where he's he's literally the guy who taught me video. Like He literally taught me how to open up Premiere and cut a video. And it's like... That's 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 level one right there. Like that's ground. That's the groundwork for everything that has become my career and everything I've built right now. And so when I'm around him, like uh, he, yeah, it's it's really easy to be to have clarity when I'm around that guy because he he's just so he's so solid. Like he's been working at he works at a church and he's been working there for you know so many years now and he just like enjoys his family time and he also had quite a bit of success prior like. He's such a good example of that. Like he had a good amount of success. He actually, uh, they were he. He's really good at music too, and he he had this uh, band called the Xbox Boys, and you can hey. look it up on YouTube. <laughs> and they were pretty big in Japan when the Xbox what? came. Um, but yeah, and like so he had like and he had a good deal of success in the video world and all this stuff, and then he kind of like chilled out and then like and it's funny to see to now have this whole five six years of actual freelance career and see where i'm at and then see how it's very identical to his story of just all right like success for me isn't touring around japan playing this music and shooting all these videos success for me is a wife and kids and a house and all that stuff and that's what he followed like if he told me that concept years ago i'd be like okay cool whatever and then like kind of just like yeah kind of like go forward but like now yeah, to each their own. And it's like, and like, I support what he does. But it's also like, like, that's what makes him happy. And and I think yeah. I value that so much more. I'm going to send him a text after this. After I haven't seen him in a while. Dang, I love that you like that. Like, I was impressed with what you knew before. But like, that was just next level. Like you dropped Dave Sproul. Like, <laughs> well, well, it's funny, because like, Yes, I will admit that, like, I do research on, like, people I do interview, but with you, that's not the case. Like, I've literally known you from this point to this point to where I usually do make, like, a list of questions for people. But with you, I was like, I could go into this with questions just for the sake of it, or I could free free ball this and know that it's going to come out exactly the same. (laughs) No, you, you did. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, this was actually a really good interview. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I appreciate like how much you knew slash researched and like even with Corey's too, like I was really impressed with you. And like, I remember listening to that on a drive to like the coast or something. And I was just so like impressed with how much you like, I mean, I'm like friends with Corey. I've met him in person, you know, way more than I did. Like, like <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, this is sick. Yeah. So just, oh. yeah, keep it up. Like I'm, I'm really excited to listen to more of these. I'm excited you're a listener because you're my Dave in a way. Like you're wow, that means a uh, lot. Um, and I don't know if you're a. I know you listen to like folk music mostly. Yeah, um, I do. But uh, there is a rapper Joiner Lucas who came out with his album uh, like yesterday or two days ago, and one of the songs is called Will. That's my <laughs> dedication to you, but replace it with Andrew. <laughs> okay. What's the, wait, will you tell me what's his name? Uh, Joiner Lucas, J O Y N E R, and then L U C A S. Sweet. I'll look him up um, after this and listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, who has the best IG name and why is it Caleb in a bush? Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> Caleb. Uh, he does have a good. He basically, Caleb's an old friend. I haven't talked to him in a long time, too. Um, but yeah, he, he started this Instagram. Damn, dude, you really. I'm so impressed. Um, <laughs> Caleb, that's like a that's like another Dave Sproul level type thing. Like that's deep. Um, Caleb just he's just a goofy dude. And as I was like doing like as Instagram like coming up on Instagram, he was like, oh, I'm gonna do it too. And like he created yeah, Caleb in a bush, which was literally just photos of him in bushes. Like he just that's just so like much. Caleb. Like he's a really creative, funny dude that like like he'll have these funny ideas and just riff on them for a while. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> work hard tattoo how does yes. it what did it mean when you first got it and what does it mean now that is a great question <laughs> oh man so when i first got it i was just i was working hard i was making it happen i was getting a lot of jobs i was doing all this and that and i was seeing at the time what i defined success as and i think it is still and today i think working hard is important but I also think it's really important to enjoy life and play hard and not always work hard. And so actually, I don't know how public this is, but basically about, it was like summer 2018, I think. I was living in Bellingham, Washington, and I was skating. There was like some commotion going on. I just like looked over and it was just like, I just, just a weird like dispute between two people. It was pretty distracting and loud. And, like, I just didn't go all the way up this really small, like, not even, like, one foot by, like, it was, like, one foot tall and two foot long little ramp. Like, nothing crazy. Yeah. I've gone up a million times. It's, like, anyone who doesn't know how to ride a skateboard can go down it. But something happened, and I just, like, my board flew out from under me, and I just smack, broke my wrist instantly. And I had to get it, surgery on it. And so now, I don't think you can see it in the webcam, but yeah. it says work hard and have a scar yeah right there it goes right through it um which is kind of sick because it's like yeah that's hard, perfect play hard and it's like like i'm not i'm not big into like you know like weird hippie energy like whatever <laughs> like you know like the universe making stuff happen but that's pretty crazy like no like portland vibes from you yeah, yeah <laughs> not so much like i'm a pretty practical dude like, like i just i read books that were written by philosophers not like <laughs> hippie spiritual people for the most part but like um, sometimes they blend <laughs> like that that i don't know like that whole ordeal it means a lot to me now because it's like 
like I got this tattoo when I was just in a very different phase of life. Yeah. And then like I would say about that time, like 2018, is when I really started to be like, okay, am I like what am I actually doing here? Like ex- like what's going on? And then I break my wrist and have a scar that goes right through the tattoo. And and it was when I was like playing like skating, which I never did before. I would just literally take photos, edit, and make videos and edit. Like and then I had this. Yeah, it's it's just like funny how that works. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah. Um, does Christian still keep in touch with you, or do you keep in touch with Christian still? No, I haven't talked to him in a while, actually. Um, yeah, nothing bad there. It's just like yeah. life. Yeah, life. Just haven't talked, and yeah, I know he's he's like married now and oh, has what? a kid and stuff. Yeah, so back when yeah. people thought you guys were partners, what happened? I know. Yeah, <laughs> together, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, but he's he's seemingly doing solid. Like he runs a web design firm, and I think he's doing still a lot of motion work. But yeah, you're just, you're just creating a list for me for people to hit up after this <laughs> that I haven't talked to in forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll just rename that entire list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just me an email with all the yeah. Hit up uh hit up Tina. That's another one. That... I will. Yeah, I was actually just <laughs> hanging out with her uh, last weekend, but because the because the coronavirus. Oh all of my friends climbing trips got canceled so yeah i bet the most depressed person of the bunch is probably meg considering how adventurous she is yeah i haven't talked to her in a while either i talked to another friend of ours who's like a friend of mine who's a really good friend of both of ours and he said he hadn't talked to her in a while either but yeah i'm sure she's cooped up (laughs) (laughs) last question is do you like ice cream i do i actually don't eat it too often but i definitely my intake has increased since being in quarantine which is probably not a great thing but yeah do you want me to name the favorite flavor yes go ahead okay i wasn't ready for that um let's see it varies i'll say it varies because that's that's pretty common but just like music i feel there's always some consistent flavor consistent artist consistent flavor that always that i'm always like down for um I don't want to keep it basic. I don't want to keep it, you know, vanilla. I don't want to keep it chocolate. Because, like, anyone's down for those, you know. But I yeah. think a more, I mean, for lack of a better term, abstract flavor that I'm always down for is, like, mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip. All yeah, right. I know, like, some people are pretty strong opinionated about mint and, and the combination yeah. of chocolate. But, like, you know, suit thyself. I'll just, more ice cream for me, you know. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The last two people told me vanilla and French vanilla, and then I'm always telling them honey lavender from Salt and Straw. <laughs> just nice. Yeah, that is a good one. I have that one. But, like, the uh-huh. CD, I do actually prefer vanilla or French vanilla over chocolate, though, which I know is probably an uncommon opinion, but, like, people can fight me. That's fine. I think at this point, I think I would agree over the French vanilla beats chocolate, only for the sake of, like, it's definitely a different flavor. Yeah. Um, I so. do. Have you ever had um, Tillamook makes this ice cream called Utterly Chocolate? I think so. Oh my I've, god! I've that, had so many Tillamook ice cream. That might be my favorite. Like, if out of any of them, like it's a perfect blend of I don't know, like heaven. Like it's so good. Right. It is so good. And for I, people who don't know, Tillamook is actually has their base factory like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, what is it west of Portland? Yeah, yeah, in Tillamook. Yeah, yeah. I, have yeah. A friend, I have a friend who lives there, and I was like chilling with him for a while, and then um, 
yeah, I would work there. Have you seen the new facility? It's insane. No, I uh, unfortunately like how your Montana experience was was kind of like my Portland experience where oh. I didn't really understand how to blend in like everything that I wanted to do. Sure. So I ended up so I missed out on the opportunity, but that's why I'm going back so I can go see it. So you can go so you can just go to the Tillamook place. Yes, that's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> Through to California, I'm going to Tillamook. Yep. And rent. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah um, obviously it was more than an honor to interview you uh, <laughs> obviously I really appreciate it like this was a really fun interview it had a good mix of like nostalgia stuff <laughs> as well as like uh as well as just good good little value bits in there and yeah it was, it was a really fun and well done podcast so i'm really thankful you had me on it <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look forward to listening to future episodes and yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we'll get Joe on here, and then we can hear more about his subscription podcast. I could good word in. Good <laughs> hey, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Our common value is we both photograph Leon Bridges, so that's my <laughs> dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're in. So, yeah, but um, yeah, that that's all I got for you. Cool. Thank you <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, uh, of course. Hopefully talk to you whenever you're available. Yeah, I'm around. I'm all away. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, Bye. take care. Nice seeing you. <laughs> seeing you, for sure. Yeah. Bye. Take care. This episode was made with Buzzsprout, where you can host all of your podcast needs. Uh, shout out to Andrew for coming through and doing an episode. Um, if he is ever running any promo the code is probably teakman but go ahead and give a shout out to alex stroll and andrew for their new workshop together where andrew teaches everyone how to shoot with brands i just purchased it last night and i think it is more than worth watching for your time it andrew's a genius so if you don't get it you're missing out literally <laughs> But yeah, as always, thank you for listening and I'm excited to see what's next. So stay tuned.